0: Are you ready? Because it's time to go lead everything. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Go Lead Everything podcast. Super excited today to have Matt Zinman on the podcast. He is a difference maker devoted to personally enrich the lives of 100 million people by 2025. His new book, Z Insights to Live By, Is based on his experiences as an entrepreneur, athlete, single parent, caregiver, and nonprofit founder. Matt is also the host of Insights to Live By, which is a podcast airing July 7th that invites guests to share their own pearls of wisdom. And we're hoping to get some from Matt today. We know we will. Matt, welcome to the show, my friend.
1: Phil, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm so psyched. I've been looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, super like, pumped, What does he have, I, I have in store for, for me?
0: Oh, yeah, I don't know. So uh, <laughs> Simon Sinek, you know, he's always saying leaders need to start with why. So let's start with why today. Why? What is your why? You know, what, what drove you to this Z-isms book? And ultimately, you know, why do you have this big goal? This big goal right. of 100 million people.
1: I know. Well, things are kind of unfolding in their own right. And that's, uh, that's a pretty new thing you know, even since the book. And you know, the book is something I've been wanting to write for a long time. You know, life experience accumulates and certain thoughts about, well, you know, I've learned this, I've learned that. I, I really wish it's something I should I should put down and, and share with people. And then uh, recently, you know, we're talking about your why. I, I got to the point of asking myself, I, I've got a little bit of a life transition now. My son just started college, so a little bit more time on my hands. You know, what would I regret not doing? And just, reflecting on that. And the book was at the top. It's, it's been a thorn, man. It's like, okay, I got to get this done. Put my head down, uh, just over a year ago and was just grinding. And, and then the other thing, and and we were talking about this pre-show is when you write a book, you have no idea how well it's going to be received. I'm a little bit in a bubble, you know, between the nonprofit, my family and everything. I'm not really, I can't say I've read a ton of personal development books since I was younger. And so uh it's been great uh, you know the reviews have been very kind and you know now it's like okay this is serious i, I now i have that more responsibility so to your question it's like well i started out wanting to personally you know and positively impact as many people as possible and it, i was saying that in in different interviews and hearing it's like you know it's, it's just not specific enough like I, I have to choose what's the goal and i figured if i can do 10 i can do 100 million by 2025 so that's that's unfolding now leading to the podcast and then ideally uh, you know looking to do some uh, inspirational speaking
0: man that's awesome and i love that i really resonate with your why that's one of the reasons we, and again talking pre show this go lead everything there's so many people that have so much wisdom to bring and i feel like they just would many of them never get on the microphone, right? So, you know, it's so cool to hear you sharing your insights and, and I'm thrilled to have that uh, that podcast airing July 7th pumped to hear that when it comes out. Um, Thank you. you now you mentioned the nonprofit, Matt, also the CEO of the Internship Institute, which he established back in 2007 to make experience matter. Right. Can you talk a little bit about experience and, and why that's why you're so passionate about making that matter for, interns
1: yeah absolutely well i I certainly had an early start with it i had four internships i did one for warner brothers studios i originally wanted to get into uh film and then you know i learned a little bit more about the industry and didn't want to starve which which is probably a smart decision switched over to journalism but uh it was a great experience we're talking about like like, we're going back phil it's like the original batman movie with michael keaton the original lethal weapon Yeah, yeah a little bit pal i know the the years add up (laughs) and uh and besides that we're you know for the phillies but then the last internship led to my first job and i was working for marketing communication agencies out of that you know with that degree um and through those years working with the agencies i was always running the internship programs uh i'm well over 100 300 interns uh at this point you know managing and mentoring i just love it and then in 02, I had a convergence in my life where I had I'd gotten to the point in the agency world where I, was, I, I made the crossover into the management side. I was director of an agency, and I didn't like it. I wanted to do the work, but you know, I don't want to babysit people. I think anybody who's been in management uh, and has gone through that gets it. It wasn't for me. And I, it turned out that I had an opportunity with a former client of mine, the Arm & Hammer, you know, company called church and dwight they had a big acquisition and they didn't have the resources and they brought me on for a two-year contract so that anchor allowed me to start my own company then um, which was called z communication and did that for a few years and at the same time my convergence i i should probably not skip this i became a single dad so i needed that flexibility my son was two uh at the time so you know we're we're at you know, man in apartment, diapers and bottles at that stage. That's that's a life experience. And then when I'm with him, I'm with him and, you know, doing the job. But then a few years into it, it's like you can only get so far ahead. There's only so many hours in the day. I want to do something else entrepreneurially in working with the different internships and and considering, you know, word is my passion, word is my experience and, and skill set and a market opportunity intersect. And that's where, uh, that's where that, that idea came to mind. And I mainly focus, uh, and, and the nonprofit mainly focuses on working with employers and helping them set programs up. People say, "Well, can you recruit for me?" No, we don't do that. You know, what schools do you work with? Well, we, don't, we don't really work with the schools. It's really on the opportunity side. So we have the kind, of, you know, I've developed the Here You Go, that all that intellectual property that uh, typically a smaller company needs to, you know, remove the barrier for them to do it right. And, I've been doing that for uh, you know another fifteen years, and now I'm kind of segueing into what we're talking about here mainly. That's amazing. So, how many
0: children have have been through the the internship? How many kids?
1: How many kids have? Do you been have any served? idea? No, I have no idea. I, I can <laughs> oh, tell geez. you that uh, over the years, I've run about a million dollars worth of grants. Um, we've had a lot of singular, you know, one-off type clients, and it varies. You know, some of those a grant we did for. Veteran transition, another one for workforce development around disadvantaged youth. It's not all college students. Ultimately, it depends on the employer. What are the opportunities that they're willing to provide? Wow. And so, for example, I can look at one company that we did uh, and set them up in 2008, 2009. I started this on a CD-ROM, Phil. <laughs> it's like, we're I going back. remember what that was. That what that yeah, was, yeah. I and do. now my DVD is obsolete. <laughs> you know, it's all. Yeah, right. And, uh, and, and, and so we started this one company with two interns and now they're running 50, 60 interns a year, wow. you know, those opportunities are annuities. So that's just one. So, right. you know, and, and, and it keeps going.
0: So I'm curious what your favorite memory of your time pursuing film is and pursuing, uh, oh, the wow. industry. Do you, yeah, have, a, do you mean, have something that stands out oh, in your definitely.
1: head? Well, Two actually um one of them well i'll say the other one for a moment The one of them was we got to go out to burbank to the studio lot okay you know, and bringing all the interns out there and you know at that age you know we just we yeah. cut loose you know, so so some memories were made but then we also did junkets um press junkets in, in in promoting films and one of them was a film called strictly business and there was this young actress by the name of Halle berry i got to uh ride around and, and help her get from here to there. And she's a sweetheart, <laughs> you know, and um, yeah, I mean, it was just it was a great
0: experience. Yeah, yeah. Super cool. Super cool. Not many get to experience that, you know, it's kind of a mystery world to many, right? Right. Um, then you mentioned the single dad thing and I, you know, I'm real, real big that leadership and this is kind of a leadership theme show. It, uh, it's really a perfect example, you know, fatherhood, to me, motherhood, that's a perfect example of, of really what leadership is and, and can be and uh, when it's done right. And, you know, talk about the challenges of being a single dad. And talk about how that might have framed some of your thinking in your pursuits and, and in life.
1: Absolutely. Well, there's certainly, you know, as soon as that had that intersection in 02, you know, the entrepreneur pursuit became necessary. I needed that flexibility uh, for one. So you have to kick and scratch and grind and take your, take your punches every step of the way there. Um, It was 50% the whole time. So when I was, when my son, Jake, you know, with him, I'm with him. And uh, it was always just really important to me. uh, Just from a value standpoint, uh, you know, for that. And he, you know, he's an only I've stepdaughter now. I'm remarried for a few years. Um, But you know, there's no, there's no other, uh, you know, brother or sister to say, go play. (laughs) So, uh, you know, that was, that was another factor. Um, Wow. You know, character building you know, to say the least. Um, Hmm. I just, I wouldn't trade it for anything, honestly. I, I, I really relish that it was, you know, as hard as it is, I mean, his mom and I get along well, but you know, we weren't well suited to stay together. And um, it, it, you know, it was definitely the best thing to do for him. And now, um, you know, part of a a new family and I have stepdaughter who's 15, and she keeps me humble.
0: Man, that's a huge challenge, a huge thing to overcome. My wife and I are expecting our first in October. Wow, congratulations. uh, We're pumped about that. We got the pleasure of babysitting our niece over COVID because uh, her brother-in-law had another baby. And so wow. I got a new found respect and admiration for all these parents working from home that have children at yeah. home just with a couple of days of babysitting. And so I, you know, I think I got a taste of what I'm in for here in October, but I, I'm excited. I can't wait.
1: Well, you are never fully prepared for it, Phil. So don't even try it's <laughs> like one of those things you have to, you know, take it as it comes and as it happens, but just, man, all I can say is enjoy every moment. You know, every yeah. parent will tell you this. It just snap. It just goes by like that. So Weird.
0: Yeah, we're, we're real excited. And um, whenever I, times get tough, I remember my days at Wayne State University. We would, you know, get up at five in the morning for lifting. And we'd do all these crazy things that seemed like they were way over the top and we didn't need to be doing. But, you know, when I get to real life, it made it all seem a lot easier. And I know in your book you talk about, you know, a, a life athlete, being a life athlete. Right. Curious if you could give us a little insight into your perspective on being a life athlete.
1: Sure. Well, I mean, the, the book covers it just, uh, you know, as a framework, it goes around self discovery and mindset at the front end and then personal interactions and relationships. And then we get into things around heightening mindfulness, amplifying gratitude and law of attraction, putting that into action around something called inevitability and self belief. And then it winds out with, um, a life enrichment action plan, this leap. I want it to be very practical. So it was also very comprehensive in terms of, you know, that holistic, you know, keeping, taking good care of yourself. Life athlete has really everything to do with, uh, with your values around taking, you know, being kind to yourself, taking best care of yourself, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. Uh, I developed, and this is, um, this is free, but there's this self-care report card that I did it's just this checkpoint on a week by week. That's like, did I work out? You know, the recommended number of times. Did I get my sleep? You know, it just got a little you know weighted algorithm to score it. Uh, and then there's a whole other thing around uh, mood health that uh, that I spoke to that you know goes hand in hand with that. So, you know, being a life athlete, you know, you have to you have to have optimal self care for everything else to be optimal.
0: Definitely, definitely. That's something. I know I let go coming from my my college years. I took it for granted, and looking back now, I can see once you've had those good habits built, you need to you need to keep them. And uh, having a good tool like that scorecard, I think, is is a great thing. You know, get up and check that box. Right, um, building those good daily
1: habits. Definitely. I mean, look. You know, we've all kind of had the quarantine fifteen, maybe. You know, like I know you, I have you're not alone in following off the wagon. <laughs> so you know, you you know, it ebbs and flows, but the more you can get into a groove and stay there, you know, the the more life the typically the better quality of life you'll have.
0: For sure. So the time that you took to write this book, what really put you over the edge to take that leap? Was it something that you had been pondering for a while was there was there a moment where you're like I'm gonna I'm gonna do this
1: right well it's funny because when I got to that point of the you know what would I what would I regret question that why question right and the same questions asked in in the book it's like what do I have here so I, I I sat down and I can't say okay I'm doing this right now it was more like okay let me just write let's see what happens these things have been marinating for some time and Uh, I got, I went two days and I was like, I did it. Oh my God. No, (laughs) like a year later. Yeah. But if I only had written it and it was, you know, four chapters or something it'd be like, Oh, I don't really have a book here. I've got a blog. Yeah. That's what it, that's probably what I would have ended up with, but it was, it, it had the structure. Um, it certainly needed a lot more to it that you know, sent me into, into going deep. I self published. I started my own publishing company oh, wow. um, for a number of reasons, um, which was also the right way to go. Uh, but that also means you've got to really, you know, double down on making sure that your, your editing is right. You know, you don't necessarily have the resources that are typical. And, and, uh, and I, I just wanted to give it my all. So I did. Super cool.
0: Have you published anything else? With with your company?
1: Well, no, I mean, uh, it's funny. I was talking about that today because I, oh, I, tog- I was toggling a little bit. I was talking to, uh, you know, between the institute. So I'm still doing some of that work. And I was talking to some colleges today. And, I, and and people have asked me, well, you know, what's your next book? I'm like, I don't have enough. Ask me in 10 years. You know, let me get some more life experience. But uh, I would probably do like a college edition of this. You know, I'd pull some chapters out. And then I'd replace some with what I know about helping uh, students uh, and others, uh, you know, transition in their career, you know, beef that up a bit and see if I can get that into colleges. That's about it. That's about it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I think there's so many opportunities to kind of reinvent education. Uh, You see these guitars hanging on my wall. I didn't pick up a guitar till midway through university. And that was right when YouTube was like peaking at, Guitar lessons and that sort of thing, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm YouTube taught on guitar, but, you know, there's so many opportunities to learn anything you could possibly imagine. And our, uh, our traditional education systems, I think, you know, need to adapt and, and kind of catch up and, and take advantage of some of that in a lot of ways. And, and uh, finding opportunities to share your message and, and share with kids in, in the universities, I think is awesome.
1: Thanks. Well, I mean, uh, there's a lot of idealism between what you just said. There's plenty of you would thinks uh, in the higher academic field. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. Most change adverse environment on the face of the planet. Yeah. More so than government, for sure. <laughs> and I'm speaking from experience on this. Yeah. Um, but in the area we're talking about, it, it, it is a little bit more of a frontier to get sure. the colleges to, to do the career prep. So sure. there might be some opportunity there. There was the exact conversation I had an hour ago.
0: So I'm looking through I I was perusing your your table of contents from your book and and one of the chapters that really stuck out to me was making coincidences matter. Right. And I'm yeah. um, I'm curious what, you know, give us a a teaser on what what that's all about and how how you have that perspective of of really leveraging those coincidences.
1: Sure. So, you know, that that section, that middle part of the of the book kind of has a few chapters that go together about you know, swimming with the current, that feeling of being in the flow, staying present. And I think people recognize that whether you're a subscriber to quote unquote that law of attraction or not, gratitude in and into itself, which I think people know fuels, uh, you know, that, uh, that, that law is really where life enrichment is, you know, folding gratitude in, into your day. And so that is a foundation. The more that you are in that kind of alignment, and this is all comes down to a personal experience the more that you have those coincidences happen on different different levels of really what is a spectrum. So you can say, um, oh, you know, Phil, I was just thinking about you, you know, we're buddies, you know, three months go by, boom, the phone rings, it's you, coincidence. Or, you know what, suddenly I'm hearing something three times in a row in a two-day period that I've never heard before. What's that about? Maybe I should go check it out or, or go get it. Um, things get stronger. You know, you're in another city or uh, on an island on vacation or another country and, you know, boom, someone you know. Those are somewhat transactional and and there's nothing wrong with those. You you know, I, I look at coincidences as opportunities that you decide whether it's worth your while to pursue or not. They're, you know, them happening in and to themselves are not going to lead to you know, them mattering. So that's really what that chapter is about. Then you have those coincidences that are really different. They're, they're the, you know, what are the odds kinds of coincidences things that are off the charts. I've had a number of those happen in my life. Um, I had one recently happen that led to me deciding on the podcast. Hmm. Uh, and, and just the way that unfolded, I hadn't thought about starting a podcast at all, you know, yeah. until I was, Uh, and, and so it's really, again, that, that thing between, you know, it's, it's about trusting your gut. It's that thing kind of between instinct and reason and how that encounter happens for somebody, uh, and what they do about
0: it. Man, I love that. Can you share that story about the podcast? I'll share mine. When, when I was starting this podcast, I had just joined the three, six, five driven society. I was interacting in, in a social call with a bunch of business owners, you know, aspiring people, uh, high achievers. And one of them has a podcast, Heather Parody, of the Unconventional Leaders podcast. You may have heard of her. And one of the questions I asked was, you know, what does it even take to start a podcast? Because I've been thinking about it. And uh, she explained how easy it was. And literally, I was like, I have, I have no excuse not to start a, part, a podcast now. And I, and I went and just pulled the trigger. But, you know, is that, is that a story? you can share your, your journey to being a podcast host. Yeah.
1: Well, first of all, I'm really impressed. I mean, look, it's not everybody who just picks up a guitar goes on YouTube and teaches themselves how to play. My parents met an
0: orchestra in at university of Missouri. So I I I have a little unfair advantage.
1: Well, there's, I mean, there's, you still have to do it, you know, and the same thing with what you describe around the podcast and the no excuse, you know, there's nothing like not giving yourself an excuse not to do something to make you do something. So uh, you know, it's definitely, uh, admirable. Um, you know, for me, I was, I, I'd been guesting on a number of podcasts, uh, about the book. I've slowed down a little bit because I wanted to get this, my own podcast up and running, you know, for the very purpose of, of speaking to it. Right. But it was, uh, it it was at the end, uh, in a post conversation with a podcaster after an interview and they said, well, have you ever thought about starting your own? And I was like, no. You know, I didn't really, it's just kind of like what you described. And then that same week, uh, I reached out, I I connected with someone on LinkedIn, a a woman from Australia, and she said, hey, you want to hop on a Zoom and get acquainted? I'm going to try and cliff note this story because there's something to it. We have other parts of the interview I'm sure you want to get to in the time we have. So uh, the long story short now. Um, So I talked to her and what I find with these coincidences in particular, these ones that are, are of the you know, longer odds is that they occur typically with somebody that you don't know very well in a conversation toward the end, or at some point that you end up getting into something that you had no business talking about with them. I don't know if that resonates for you. That's been my experience consistently, uh, on, on a number of these. So that that's what happened here. And it just happened to be, oh, you know, this was just mentioned to me. And she's like, well, I'm actually starting a, uh, A podcast course, a training course. I was invited to. It's invite only. This woman, Anne Marie Cross, uh, is putting it on. She's kind of like podcasting queen or what have you. And yeah, so I asked for you. Okay, great. So uh, she she said yes, and you know you go through the sign up and everything else, and you get to the typical. Oh well, come on to the Facebook page for the group and introduce yourself. So it's just the quick backstory is that I have a hashtag I've used for a few years. It, It goes to the back to the institute and and carries through and it's uh, be the difference now it's not a hashtag which is the reason i chose it that's often used it's gotten a little bit more usage in re- recent year or two for different reasons but it's still you know lesser of, of the popular ones so i go on her website and i'm looking up at the banner and she's using be the difference i thought oh that's kind of interesting and i wondered i wasn't really You know thinking too too hard all right it kind of struck me as funny but the interesting thing is that when i went back it wasn't there it just so happened that i caught it she changes her banners out so it just so happens that i caught it when i did and then i went back and i you know you have the actual post and she's got at the bottom i click on be the difference and i'm at the top of the hashtag my video that i had posted this woman in australia it was just Right. Wow. So what I did was and what I thought was really interesting about this is, well, what are the odds? Well, with a hashtag, you can figure it out. So I went and looked at the usage of it. And um, a one time hashtag on this was one in 80,000. So at minimum, we're one of 80,000 of the people on the planet who use it. But of course, you mm-hmm. use hashtags multiple times. I know I do. That's the whole point. So I, I, you know, if you just go out five times in usage, we are one in 400,000. So that's significant. And I, uh, I, that's, I carried through and helped me follow through on deciding to do this podcast course. And then once I did and, you know, I just learned a lot, I'm still kind of taking it all in. This was just a few weeks ago. Um, yeah. So it's a crazy um, story. I you know, i actually there. love
0: that pot, that, uh, hashtag be the difference. And, I think that's where people get held up a lot before they pull the trigger on starting a podcast or doing something that they've wanted to do is that, you know, may, maybe I can't make a difference. Maybe, you know, it's too big that that little old me is going to have an impact, but we never know who we're going to touch. And, and you never know if you could potentially impact a hundred million people or one or two or right. 10, you know, right. you don't, you don't know who whose life. You're going to change with one interaction. So I, I think that's super cool.
1: Thanks.
0: Super cool. Um,
1: I mean, like you said, you know, just to to have these conversations, I'm just having a blast. I've never been happier, you know, to to be here with you, to have, you know, we're here on the microphone, just to lean in. Someone's listening, or they will at some point. Yeah, right. Right. But it's going to have the, we're going to be able to, hopefully something that we say is going to, you know, enrich somebody's life. And, And just that alone, you know, here in this moment is just so, you know, matters.
0: For sure. Thinking about the coincidences. I'm reminded of the ways people learn, and one of the things we've been talking a lot about in in this uh, group i'm in is is our goals and and where we're focused and how when you have clear vision and focus on where you want to go it's it's almost like coincidences where where you start to actually be able to see when things come up and I relate it to learning because I, you know, I think people learn by relating new ideas to things they already know. Right. So if, if they can make that connection and, and so it's all about timing for me, it's all about, you know, is it the right time for me to hear this thing where I can actually make a connection and use right. it? Cause, cause so does many re- times you've heard resonate. things. Yeah. Yeah. So right. many times you've heard it and, and it might've just gone right over your head and then 10 years later you're like, Oh man, like somebody told me that 10 years ago and I just didn't, I didn't even know to use it. Right. So, I almost feel like that's what most of our coincidences are is just, you know, maybe right. we were already looking for it. And then, and then it's that uh, awareness that, Oh, Hey, there it right. is. You know, it's do being able tune to see in. It.
1: I mean, some things it's again, back to that personal experience, you know, yeah. if it happens, it happens when right. you, know, you right. pick up right. on it. Um, but you're right. You know, there there's definitely, I mean, look, i mean, one thing you could do is just kind of, if, if you know, people who are interested in dreams, you know, start a dream journal you know, like coincidences? it started coincidence journal what did i do about this coincidence what did it lead to um have
0: you ever done a dream journal no i've thought about doing one but i never i never, <laughs> never want to do one i swear i've had maybe, dreams that, that happen uh, but maybe i, I maybe I've I've never kept down. a journal
1: i mean i i might have you know decades ago in my 20s uh something early 30s maybe i did that i don't you know remember that but yeah i mean the the Look, it's just whatever interests people. So I, I find coincidences fascinating. I think I've, I've I've experienced a pattern to them, um, and I've I've had great things happen as a result of following through. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: All right, last last chapter I'll ask about. Be aware of spiders, which right. I thought was kind of interesting. This is I'm kind of going in reverse order. I started kind of in the in the middle, then went to the end. Now I'm back at the beginning. But uh, what's the this is the last on-
1: chapter you're going to ask about?
0: Well, it's the last one I have highlighted to talk about.
1: Oh, okay. Um, wow. So be aware of spiders is 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 a chapter I almost didn't put in the book. It's like which of these is not like the other. Um, it's okay. I'll cautionary.
0: ask. About, I'll ask about another one. After it's
1: cautionary. One. That's all right. I was just wondering, like, it, you know, how deep? <laughs> I, I'm just trying to space this out. No. Um, I told the coincidence story, so we went a little deep on that. That was fun. Um, so spiders. There's a lot of hard living behind this, honestly, Phil. <laughs> um, basically, that's earlier in the book. That's chapter two. And in, in that area where you're talking about self-discovery as well as personal interactions, there's the aspect of all the moving parts that we experience. You know, are we, you know, in, in, you know on a day-to-day and a minute-by-minute basis, you know, are we present or are we worrying about something? Um, is our perception accurate or maybe we weren't listening? Uh, is our mood good? Or maybe we're having a down day. So these are all different filters. And it's really hard to see all those different parts stop in order to get a, a handle on things. So this is kind of an influence of Malcolm Gladwell. You know, if there's any influences on the book, I'd say it's him and some of his writing. And then uh, Rhonda Byrne, you know, later in the book with the secret and amplifying gratitude and things. So he talks about looking for things that are like a this or a that. And in this case, we're talking about a character trait. So when we say, be aware of spiders, the lead in is, well, there are only two kinds of people in the world. There are spiders and there are people who get caught in webs. And the spiders are people who are manipulators. And the reason why it's a this or that is because that is a character trait that involves a conscious decision and action that you either do or you do not do. You're either that or you're not. And so in terms of people putting their energy into that now, you know, you're manipulating, you're pulling strings, however you do that. And it could just be office politics. Doesn't make someone a bad person necessarily. They could do it 1% of the time and not, you know, pull strings on their family or friends or loved ones, what have you, but they still have that character trait. And then there's the rest of us. And I do believe that's the vast minority, but you do have your, um, your tendency to be, you know, I give everyone the benefit of the doubt. And trust everyone and you know that's the way I think we should live. You know, who wants to be on guard all the time? But through life, um, you start to, you know, build a little bit more awareness. So we take the metaphor into spider senses and you know, what are you looking for? And you know, where do you get to the point of maybe trusting your gut around, you know, I'm not really sure if this person has my best interest at heart, and not feel guilty about not thinking the best of someone, even though you have your right people I think know what I'm talking about. And then how do you stay, how do you stay out of and avoid those webs? And so, yeah, a lot of hard living here. I had various experiences that uh, that really defined this for me. It was one of those major things that made me feel like like, I know this, I've learned this. I want to put this in the book. That was, you know, a a founding chapter, which is why I decided to keep it in, but I had a hard time writing it because I was like, Oh, we're going neg here. And, you know, I like couched yeah, yeah. it and then, yeah, like go on, I
0: don't go know on. if it's necessarily negative. It's, it's that awareness. And, and I think we need to talk about it because I think it is important to be aware of that, that you don't want to be the one getting caught in webs all the time. And and one phrase, actually it's a line in one of the songs I've written is, uh, if something feels wrong, you're usually right. And, right? uh,
1: I've Trust found, in my,
0: I'm, yeah, I've found that your, your gut instinct, man, your God given instincts, I think are, you know, they, they're yours for a reason. And, uh, you know, we do want to put the best construction on things and assume the best of people and give people the benefit of the doubt. But you know, sometimes our instincts are are there to protect us, right?
1: Yeah, you know, it's also funny and it's very relevant having uh, referenced this because that that this or that was referenced by the book Blink, which goes back some years and and had a profound effect on me. I wish I read more, honestly, but you know, this one was really uh, was really good. Which and book was it? I didn't this, catch it. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell, Blink. Blink. And he always, he seems to write around very specific topics. And this one being that people who trust their gut make at least, if not better decisions than people who overthink. So, you know, he proved that, you know, sociologically, you know, mm-hmm. social scientist, and it's just really interesting. And it, it was something that really helped me trust myself. I definitely got caught up in that, you know, analysis paralysis uh, at that age to a certain degree. And now I don't really, I don't really do that. Yeah. You know? So we talk about earned confidence. That's, you know, that's the other, that's the other founding chapter. That's chapter one is, is, is that, and I'll just say this really briefly because everything does build on on itself is that we all have been through everything that we have in our lives. You can't dispute the fact we're still standing. We're talking about it. Mm-hmm. And so why worry? Why would you worry or be anxious or stress about things that are not certain to happen? You've proven, you've earned the confidence to know that you'll make it through everything that comes your way. It's what you've always done, as if you have a choice. And so just deal with the real. And that's a lot about, it's, it's a logic formula, but it's a lot about reminding yourself to just stay present and root yourself in, in gratitude. And the, the fundamental aspect of it is, you know, why be anything less than kind to yourself?
0: Yeah. I love that. I, you hear uh, folks like Gary V talk about it all the time, but perspective, I think what you just described to me resonates as having perspective on, you know, the past versus now versus, you know, potentially the future. And, you know, I'm a Christian. So from the Christian perspective, when you're talking about eternities, you know, anything in a temporary life is, is just, you know, fleeting and and is going to pass away anyway. So, you know, we, we take advantage of the time we have here to maximize it help help the world around us, help our brothers and sisters. Right. And, yeah. uh, and give back. And I, I think it's, uh, it's definitely super cool what you're doing. And, and, uh, I love the, the why you have behind what you're doing. So I'm pumped up. I'm pumped for your podcast, man. What's t- talk a little bit about the podcast and, and, uh, what all that's going to be about.
1: Sure. Um, do you mind if I make one, one other point about that, yeah. earned, about that earned confidence aspect?
0: Oh no, please go for it.
1: Um, because this is something that I I think is one of the key building blocks for the book and what I want people to come away with most valuably is that when we look at things around like self-esteem, self-respect, self-love, you know, these things are like elusive. They're kind of almost conceptual. Like, how do I get my arms around loving myself? Right. Uh, for example, people who struggle with that, that's very natural for a lot of people, especially younger age. Um, but if you go with the idea of why be anything less than kind to yourself as and get that buy, because you can't answer that and say, well, yeah, of course. Right. (laughs) Um, that's the you know, let's say you've got that buy-in, that's a good thing. Um, it's your barometer for everything. It's the building block that that helps you navigate around that whole self-love and self-respect and esteem to make decisions. Um, if you are up against a spider and you're somebody who has a hard time saying no, and a spider is trying to take advantage of you, is it kind to say yes, or are you just going to feel like crap because crud? I'll say crud. um, (laughs) because, uh, um, because now it's like, it's like a double hit. You're you're going to feel bad about saying yes, when you you should have said no. So that it's not like you go around like, am I kind today? I kind today, but when you're in that moment, it's a really good go-to that's very tangible and practical that's going to put you on that path as a building block. So I just wanted to kind of, you know, get that, get that established.
0: That is one thing I see all the time where people think maybe they perceive that they're being kind, but they're really not. You know, it's it's almost like the, uh, Oh, I'm just going to stand up my date or or whatever, you know, I got a, I got a date. I'm just going to stand them up instead of just being open and honest with them. And it's actually, it's actually less kind, you know, it it would be kinder to just rip the bandaid off and be truthful and uh, share it. Right. And
1: uh, yeah, you know, I, I definitely agree. And I think when people think of kindness, they think of it toward others and of course it is, but it really does start internally and that's really, you know, that is the foundation, but you know, now you're starting to get into things like karma. Uh, you know, if you believe in that, uh, you know, doing that to people and you know, that at some level, if you're somebody who does that, it just, it can't feel it. You know, you know, you're doing something really wrong sure, and, uh, sure. It to somebody else. And that's not, there's some kind of residual energy around there. That has to be negative. So yeah. that's not kind to yourself. So why do that. It's the same thing with like regret. It's the same thing with holding a grudge. Mm-hmm. Um a buddy of mine has a girlfriend or rather a wife now who keeps a scorecard that's a relationship killer <laughs> uh, and you know why would you if you're somebody who keeps a scorecard oh why goodness. would you do that to yourself right That's, that's brutal, not being man. kind to yourself so <laughs> it's just kind of this like constant principle. so thank you for that and yeah. uh, and oh, then the podcast good. uh is concerned. So the book is, as you know, Zism's insights to live by, and people ask me, "What's a Zism?" and you know, pearls of wisdom. But it's really like what everybody has. Everybody has insights to live by. So the uh, the podcast is called Insights to Live By, and it's it's going to have both solo and guest episodes. Um, solo episodes will, in in some ways and not always, go through you know one focused part of the book. Like I will have an episode on coincidences and talk about the things we did and go deeper. Um, Talk about examples beyond the one that uh, I just mentioned. I'm sure that one will be part of it, since podcast related. Sure. And uh, and then I've already gotten two interviews um, recorded, and there's a certain of guests, and uh, and there's a certain format that that involves asking them about their insights. What are those? You know, of all the things that you you know have, you know, what are those those things that you constantly say to yourself as a guiding principle? the thing you keep repeating is that advice that you give people. You know, that's what we're trying to get at. So when we do it's, well, why is, why is that it? And then, uh, and, and that's also of course about getting the insights about the guest and you know, but it's not the same as you 30, 45 minutes and on the guest interviews.
0: That'll be great. I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. Thanks. Yeah. I'm Um, really happy with the first two. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, I was reading one of the things you sent over, and it had a a comment that you're cultivating a private community and forging greater trust among readers. Um, I'm curious about your perspective on trust, and this is something that I've I've been kind of exploring lately in my thought process: is is trust earned, or is trust freely given, or both? Or what's your perspective on trust? How you build trust? You know, how do you approach building trust?
1: So from a personal standpoint, I just think it's better to trust outright and trust yourself to know maybe who not to trust. Like those exceptions, or at least not be so quick to trust, but not as an absolute. If there's, if, if you're gonna lean one way or the other, it's, you know, just to, to go around being like, I don't trust anybody. You know, to look at where you're starting That that's, you know, now what do I have to do to earn your trust, you know, for everybody else? It's just, it's not the right energy and I don't think it's healthy. Um, And then even people who get burned, you know, we talked about the spiders, you know, you have to be vulnerable and you're going to get burned doing that, but it's worth it. It's worth it not going around having to be on guard and not trusting people in my view. Um, As far as earning other people's trust, you know, if you look at things like in a business environment, of course, that's, you know, from an entrepreneur audience, that's obviously performance related, communication related. I think it's kindness related. I think kindness goes a long way. You know, you've got uh, something certainly I reference, but, you know, there are people in business who think that being shrewd is the right way to go. And they might even be admired for being shrewd. But, you know, having all that money from being shrewd and stepping on people's necks might get you to a certain place. And I'm aware of a lot of people who are extremely wealthy who are also extremely unhappy. Some of the most miserable people on earth are some of the richest. So, sure. you know, is that, is that worth it? So in, in, in the long run, I think that kindness wins, you know, b- being cutthroat might get you somewhere a little bit on the shorter run, but just uh, just being a servant leader and uh, uh, you know, all that, all that goes with that, um, you know, being, being freely helpful and that goes a long way.
0: I love that perspective. I totally agree. And, and uh, one thought that resonated with me recently was, it's really hard to trust somebody that doesn't trust you. So if, if if somebody doesn't trust you, how are you gonna trust them? And I think you're right on. I think the perspective that you have that, you know, you're gonna get burned and and maybe that's okay. You know, some people don't want to get burned and, and they're not gonna lose and, and they end up, you know, being that shrewd, maybe that shrewd business owner like you're talking about. But um I think there's something to that, just giving trust freely and and knowing sometimes you're you're gonna get burned and and you know, you, you're smart about it. You don't just give it away to everybody, like you said, but.
1: Right. Yeah. And you know, that's kind of, that puts you to the third kind of person, which are people who are non-spiders who don't get caught in webs. And you know, that's kind (laughs) of, uh, you know, that takes emotional intelligence. It takes experience, um, you know, staying above things, different incidences, you know, when I'll just leave it at that.
0: Yeah. I love it, Matt. Love it. Well, hey, man, it's been a pleasure. Tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find Z-isms, Insights to Live By.
1: Yeah, sure thing. Thanks, Phil. Uh, well, you know, it's easy enough to to find the book either on Amazon uh, or I have a website, which is z-isms, isms.com. In both places, there's the first part of the book, free to read. And, you know, all all I could hope for someone who might be interested enough in in doing that is to check it out and see if they want to keep reading. Um, you know, like you and I talked about front end of the show. I mean, I'm not a coach. Uh, I'm not looking for, I didn't write this book to be like a business card with all due respect to those who do. Um, I wrote it because I think there's, there's enough that I feel important for people to, you know, be better and more enriched from it. And, uh, and that's my goal. And that's, that's where the hundred million came from. I'm just going to keep going.
0: I love it, Matt. Totally respect your why. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Go kill it. I'm excited for your podcast, Insights to Live By, coming July 7th. Everybody go check it out. And uh, appreciate you being a guest today on the Go Lead Everything podcast, Matt.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Phil. You're doing great things. Keep it up as well.
0: I appreciate it. Take care. You too. If you enjoyed today's show, give it a five-star rating. Follow, subscribe, and head on over to GoLeadEverything.com to learn more about the Go Lead Everything movement. For more great content daily, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at RealPhilSwanson. Facebook and LinkedIn at Philip Swanson. And for videos of these episodes and other great video content daily, subscribe to the Phil Swanson channel on YouTube. Now go lead everything.